for me, and it's funny, I'm back to the Kyle Posey article on Niners Nation, and he he did make a really good point that in Brock Purdy's four, you know, when the Niners have lost four games this year, and those four losses, Brock Purdy has nine interceptions on 120 pass attempts. Um, you know, and, and three of the losses came against good defensive teams, Cleveland, Baltimore, uh, Minnesota, three, three of the best four defenses out there. But, um, I would say it's, it's, it's the, you know, and I asked Brock about it, uh, yesterday and I hate to, you know, put it on him cause he's a young guy having a great year. He's got him. He, heck he's in the MVP race for crying out loud. But, um, to me, it's like, he's got the whole thing in his hands. If he takes the check down, remains patient, takes care of the football. I don't think anybody can beat them on the way to the Super Bowl. Now, in the Super Bowl, they wind up against Baltimore. Baltimore's really good. They get a really hot team. Maybe Kansas City puts it all together and and gets there, and they get to another level. Or Buffalo has on some un- unbelievable role. We'll see. But to me, it's like if Brock Purdy can just avoid turning the ball over. Yeah. I think the 49ers cannot be beaten on the way to the Super Bowl by any of those teams in the NFC. Yeah, look, and I know that sounds weird because I'm making it seem like he's the weakness. He's not the weakness. Well, it's the concept of turnovers. It's just he's got to take care of the ball. If you give another team an extra possession, if you give another team generous field position, you're asking for it. And if the Niners don't, do, how about this? They are good enough to beat anybody even if they do step on their own dick once or twice. So if they avoid stepping on their own dicks, they're really hard to beat. It's just that simple. If you don't turn the ball over, you are going to win in in this league more often than not. On that one stat alone, forget about passing yards, who had them, who was better in the red zone today. If you don't turn the ball over, chances are you've won that game. It's amazing how common those two, those two things didn't turn the ball over, won the football game. It's incredible how often those two go to lunch together, especially in the NFL, because in college you made up, you might have 15 possessions Exactly. in this last game against the commanders. I think the Niners only had like seven possessions in the entire game. So, I mean, if you have, if you've got five turnovers, like they did against the Ravens, in that game, I think they maybe had 10 or 12 oh, possessions. Possessions, I think, that game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but five turnovers will, will get you beat. The thing that I'll take a chance with, and what I would say to Shan, if I was Shanahan and I was talking to the team, I would say, guys, look, between the weapons that we have and the defense that we have and, and uh, Mitch Wishnowski, who's absolutely a, a major threat. Could have been a pro bowler, too. Yeah, I mean he can he can put it in the in inside the twenty with the best of them. You give teams you know a Wishnowski, make them drive eighty plus yards against this defense, and just don't turn it over with the offense that the Niners have. I don't think anybody can beat you, and I don't think anybody can beat you in either conference if you just don't turn it over and you can have Wishnowski pinning them and a healthy Greenlaw. Uh, and a fresh, you know, Armstead's got to be back. Armstead's a big one too. You got to have, you got to have Armstead. But if you have Armstead, a fresh Greenlaw, you don't just absolutely, you know, 
urinate down your leg in the secondary. The Niner defense, the Niner offense, and Wishnowski is too much for everybody else, I think. By the way, nine possessions against the Washington Commanders. Nine. Nine. So. But one of those was the kneel down at the end. Yes, it was. So you're so, talking about really eight. Right. So I, I mean, that's, that's nothing. I mean, if you think about it, you get eight possessions in an entire NFL game. So guess what? You turn the ball over two or three times, you're in a world of hurt. You turn the ball over five times like they did against Baltimore, it's hard to win. So just take care of the football. As much as I'd love Brock Purdy to stay aggressive, if there was one thing I would say to him is to take the check down sometimes. Right. Err on the side of caution. It can't go broke taking a profit. Throw the ball away. What, what, yeah, I I'd yeah. rather have a if you, if I can have a five minute drive that results in a touchdown, that's great. But guess what's even better? An eight minute drive that results in a touchdown. Now you're getting conservative over there, Shanahan. Well, I'm just saying, especially in the playoffs and against some of these teams that like you know that have explosive offenses. Like if you get the Rams, let's say you get the Rams. What are the, what scares you about the Rams? To me, what scares me about the Rams is Stafford, Kyron, Puka, Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell. That's what scares me about the Rams. So I want those guys standing on the sideline, um, you know, twiddling their thumbs and holding their helmets. Right. I don't want them on the field. I want them win the time. And here's the other thing. play That, that means you're playing complementary football. If you can hold the ball as much as as I'm envisioning they potentially could guess what that makes your defense all the more electric. That means they're coming, they're fresh and they're firing and you give me a fresh and firing defense and a Niner team that dominates time of possession. They cannot be beat. Well, and again, Greg is Khan is saying, will we see the big Wisnowski take off again during the playoffs if the Niners can steal a possession from someone, I mean that's when they that that that's when it becomes real insurmountable, right? When they are turning you over, when they're not giving the ball back, um, when they can grind out long long drives, they they get very very dangerous. And it may be, look, I'll tell you right now that Wishnowski play, but for the Ronnie Bell illegal block downfield was gorgeous. Absolutely. Go ahead and do that again if the situation presents itself. But Kyle has not run an awful lot of special teams trickery. It's one of those places where he believes if we just go by the book here, we're going to be all right at the end of the game. It might be less exciting to go by the book, but going by the book is got my dad to where he wanted to go. It's it's the the conservative nature that you see sometimes. I hope that he remains loose. I really do. Uh, and I hope that he continues to trust Brock and puts him in a situation to be aggressive. And then Brock then needs to make that choice. Is this the right situation for me to be aggressive in? Um, he's, he's got a good central processor unit. He's, he's really good. Larry, before we bounce around and look at a couple of other games that affect the outcome here um, in, uh, in, in week 18 and, and what the playoff picture might look like. What do you got in terms of super chats? What do you got starred? What do you want to highlight? What do yeah, you we, want to get to before we start kind of wrapping up today? Well, you know, we've got uh, a few supers and we got a couple other real good ones here. Uh, Mike Honey, 
Jim Sandy says, this is where I come for my 49er talk. I know there won't be any dubs talk this morning getting in the way of my Niners. We love you, Damon and Larry. Thank you very much, Mike. And that was. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. I love you, Steve. How about a little, I don't know, Jonathan Kuminga in the fourth quarter? Just saying. Yeah, there's that. I get a little JK in the fourth quarter. Maybe. Steph, what are you doing with that pass? You got a wide, 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 no one in his zip code, Chris Paul at the top of the key, and you're looking to make the dumbest cross-court pass I've seen since a YMCA game to Clay in the corner? What are you thinking there, Steph? Jesus, he uncorks some bad passes at times for one of the greatest players of all time. But, yeah, Steve, I mean, if there is any good to come out of blowing that game to the Denver Nuggets, Steve Kerr, if you haven't learned the lesson that – Wiggins ain't it and Kaminga. Here's the thing. I don't know if Jonathan Kaminga is X marks the spot, but I know for sure it ain't Andrew Wiggins, man. That guy is just soft. I trade him. Trade him. Quit waiting for Andrew Wiggins to be something he ain't. He ain't a dog. Kaminga is a dog. Might he turn the ball over a little bit too much? Might he be a little bit out of control? Yes. I'll live with it. I'll die with it without complaint. Give me Kaminga. Get Andrew Wiggins back to Canada or wherever he'll feel warm and fuzzy and miss 30 games to go sit with his dad, who is still fine. He didn't die. I mean, like, I I don't know. It's give me liberty or give me death. Give me Kuminga or give, give me Kuminga. death. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, I, I want Kuminga and I want Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. I mean, oh. and I, I don't I, I'm. I'm done with Kevon Looney. He played 22 minutes. He grabs four rebounds. How many shots did he block? None. How many points did he score? Seven. I mean, I know everybody loves Loon, but, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is better than Loon. Uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis agree. can block shots. Larry, I don't agree. <laughs> you don't like Trace Jackson Davis. Don't like Trace Jackson Davis. Those Indiana guys who leave the leave the school as the all-time leading rebounder and shot blocker at a tiny little college like Indiana. You shouldn't even pay attention to those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very disappointing uh, night last night for the Warriors to lose that game. I mean, they're up 10 late, and they get beat in the fourth quarter on their home floor by 16. 36-20 in the fourth on your home f- freaking floor. That was bad, man. That was bad. Dunleavy badly needs to make a move. Badly. Do I look like uh, by the way? Do I look like a a Hoosier Sphinx (laughs) on my head like this? George Washington, uh, you know, with a with partially red hair. The uh, the the the, what's the uh, is that the tradition that you wear the pants on your head like that? No, I just if I wear them on my legs, you won't be able to see them because they're out of camera. So I just put it on my head, Larry. That's those are the warm-ups. He's the candy stripes, baby. This is wow. the single most important tradition in the Big Ten, right there. These candy stripe pants are the greatest thing about Big Ten basketball ever. Right there, right there. Keith Smart wore those pants. Let me tell you what I would do. Because what did, did did you bring it up when you said like, yeah, uh, trade Draymond to the Lakers for uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, or whatever? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if that were to happen, and I don't know why the Lakers would do that, but if that were to happen, and now you got two Hoosiers. Austin Reeves is on the other guy. Now you got two Hoosiers on this team. I want the Golden State Warriors 
you know, when, when it's no longer the Steph era and it's the Trace and Jalen Hood, Shafino era, if that were to happen, I want them to come out with gold and, and blue candy stripes as their warm-ups. I, 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 that would be a good look. I think it would be good. By the way, Mike Honey's like, I'm glad there won't be any dubs talk. We immediately start talking dubs. Sorry. I'm a, ba- <laughs> I'm a, I'm a basketball junkie, and that loss was terrible last oh, night. Larry, I recorded, a, uh, I recorded a short about that loss. I'm glad not a lot of people saw it because I am high as a fucking kite in that thing. You should... <laughs> uh, by the way, Bay Area sports right now. Let's talk Niners because if we don't talk Niners, we got to talk about the train wreck warriors, or we got to talk about Farhan's excuse machine um, for why he hasn't signed anybody. And it's How? Like, I can't, I, I mean, he did an interview with Kawakami and he's like, you know, how many excuses can the giants make for not signing somebody? It's like, Jesus Christ, go sign somebody. And, you, and, and the latest is, well, we might have to cut some of this is the absolute you ought to be taken out and whipped and beaten for this statement, but that we might have to actually fire some person giants organizational personnel. If our, if our payroll's too high, what the fuck, what are you talking about? Your owners are billionaires. You bought the team for a fraction of what it's worth today. I mean, come on, you're minting money. Nobody has more money then the owners and the and the future descendants of the of the current giant ownership group they are the richest people anybody in the world who are talking about firing or laying off you know people who work for the San Francisco Giants cuz their payrolls too high well maybe don't fucking sign Scafani and Stripling and all these donkeys to these terrible contracts Farhan i i, I got to I need a good. I need a good GM. I need a good GM right now. Uh, until proven otherwise, he's not a good GM. Um, all I can tell you is that baseball in the Bay Area has never been more dead on arrival than the year we're about to have because of what the Giants haven't done and because of what the A's have done. So baseball has never meant less than in the year 2024, than it will mean this summer in the Bay Area. And I'm still going to watch. I'm still a baseball fan. That's me. Of course, we all are. But, I mean, it's it's make, they're making it very painful. It is. It's, it's going to be a rough, rough summer. Um, Sign some, buddy. Don't make excuses. Go get me Reese Hoskins. Go get me Cody Bellinger. It's it's. It's $300 for two seats to sit between first base and third base um, in the infield. Come on, go sign somebody. Did you see? Well, I don't, don't tell me about the labor pain. Show me the GD baby. So remember when we were talking about David Tepper throwing the glass of ice on Monday on the fans? <laughs> the you fine for that. For he him. got fined $300,000 for that. <laughs> so you know that. So here's the he got fined three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred gur for those ice cubes, Larry. So somebody did real world versus billionaire math on us. That is the equivalent. Three hundred thousand dollars for David Tepper would be like me finding you a dollar fifty cents. <laughs> yeah. Now th- let me. Uh, there's another exercise that I want to talk people through. That's real still quick. ridiculous, though. Just to, just to just to show you the difference. The di- so the word billion is thrown around so casually. Like, oh, he's a billionaire. That guy's a billionaire. There's a lot of billionaires in the room. They're billionaires. Um, Joe Lakeup, self-made billionaire. 
billionaire, millionaire, either way, you're rich. No, 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 no. Millionaires in proportion to billionaires might as well be homeless people. Okay. That's the difference here. Larry, let me give you this. I want you to memorize this. You will use this on a show you do without me as an example of the difference between millions and billions. So if I told you, Larry, without any rest, I want you to start one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and count to a million. Without rest, without sleep, it would take you 11 days. 20, wow. Counting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it would take you 11 days to go from one to a million, counting on the Mississippi scale. Now, if I said, okay. Could you donate in a super chat a billion? Don't. Don't cut me off here because I'm getting a good point. <laughs> okay, go if I said now count to a billion, knowing that it would take you 11 days to count to a million, how long do you think it would take you to count to a billion? Just offer a quick guess. What do you think that number is? Um, using the thousand days, a thousand days. It would take you 33 years. It's more than a thousand days. 33 years. Yeah, you, a thousand days is about three years, Larry. Um, it would take you 33 years to reach a billion. That's the difference between millionaire and billionaire. You become a millionaire in 11 days of counting. You'd take 33 years to become a billionaire. That is the difference. Everyone's like, well, it's $100 million. No, it's not. It's $1,000 million. It's $1,000 million. That's what a billion dollars is. So. Um, I guess getting back to the point is, uh, I, I think what we're both trying to say is fuck Giants ownership. <laughs> I think well, that's I mean, what we're trying to stop, say. Stop holding people's jobs over their head when right. you're minting money and you're not doing squat. The personnel guy who might get fired, the personnel person who might get fired because of this just to keep the balance budget. You know, I bet that person's making like $300,000 a year or to a billionaire about $1.50. The Giants just do the worst PR of all time too. It's like, you're a billionaire owner. You're sitting in front of a microphone and you're talking about making a profit when you bought the team for 400 million and it's worth 3.5 billion. You know, it's like, come on. I mean, right. and you're really going to talk about firing people. You're going to fire somebody in accounting at the giants because you want to maintain your profit margin. I mean, it just, it's so, it's right. It makes me not believe at all that you really put $700 million on the table for Shohei Otani. Uh, that's if, such, if, that's if, such if, bullshit. That if, is the biggest BS story of all time. If, we offered the exact same thing. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, Kevin and accounting's got to go. Ke Ke no, you know, Steve and accounting. Boris is willing to carry your water as with lies so he can rip you off next week for Blake Snell. He'll let you lie about your offer to Otani so that he can you know, get his client an extra 25 million in himself, the, whatever the percentage he takes off of that. I mean, it's just this, this, this game back and forth between, yeah, the giants offered exactly what the Dodgers offer. Shut up, shut up. Seriously. I mean, it's, it's, if you had a buddy who was walking around and every time you saw him, he's like, Hey man, I'm pricing Lambos. I'm pricing Lambos. And you saw him like four months later, he's driving a rusty old Chevy Chevette. You'd go up to me and be like, shut the hell up from now on. You're talking Lambos. You're driving a rusty Chevy Chevette. You know, and that's the Giants. We're talking, you know, we're talking Otani. We're talking Yamamoto. Yeah, you're TJ Hopkins and you like it. You yeah. know what I mean?
Yeah, that's you're, you. You're yeah. T.J. Hopkins. You're you're um, you're Dixon Machado, and get the hell out of my way. You know what I mean? I got no time for you. Uh, Ramon Gonzalez has signed Chase Young. He's Bosa's Scotty Pippen. I'm okay with Chase Young, but I don't. I wouldn't sign Chase Young for anything crazy. That's no. Sure. And 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 Bosa's Scotty Pippen's Eric Armstead. Right, right. Um, I'd rather send Randy Gregory, to be completely honest. If it came down to Randy Gregory or Chase Young, who would you rather have? At the price point, Randy Gregory. Because Randy Gregory isn't even making a quarter of the money that Chase is going to get. Yeah. Niner, Niner, bang. Says Mark Schlereth talked to Brock Purdy yesterday. He went into details about Brock Purdy's processing against Arizona in one play. Brock Purdy scanned the entire field in two seconds and made the best decision. Yeah, I mean... Brock Brock processes pre-snap, post-snap as fast as any quarterback in the game. There's no question in my mind. Um, we got this one. Oh, wait, there we go. We got this one from Tyler Wiseguy. Mark Schlereth said that Brock pretty told him, if you call me a game manager, then you don't watch the film or you don't know football. And he said, the end of this thing will tell my story. You know, that's what I love about Brock is he always, when faced with his doubters, he always makes reference to, we'll talk about this thing when it's over. Like, he knows he's going to win. That's what I love is the, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll analyze this when it's all said and done. It's like, you know, it's like, I know he's going to win. He knows he's going to win. Those around him knows he's gonna he's gonna win, and the people who don't know that yet will soon know. Um, and he'll I get the feeling that he's he knows. I mean, he's got he's admitted it. I've asked him about it a couple times. He has boulder shoulder. He's got that perennial chip that says you can't do it. You're too small. You're too this. You're too that. And he uses all of it. And it was like one of the reasons I. I threw at him in that Eagles lead up. I said, Hey man. And it was true. It was, I wasn't making it up, but I made sure I mentioned it to him. And I said, Hey, you know, the Eagle people say that you're the weak link. And the look on his face was like, it was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Weak link. I don't know what to say about that. And it's like, then he went out there and he just carved them sure. on the, in their place. It's beautiful. Um, I love that competitive fire G man music. The salary cap needs to change teams to draft. Well, should be able to sign and keep the players. They drafted the salary cap should only apply to free agents. I am G man music. You are absolutely spot on. This is one of the best takes I've seen in weeks. That would be my approach to baseball's cap. And I think baseball should have a cap and football's cap. If John Lynch can go into the draft or after the draft and come away with a Brock Purdy, then Brock Purdy should not count against their cap. That's what they drafted. That's what you should not be incentivizing teams. I mean, like, like give you an example. If the Niners had a first round pick and they decided, oh, we're going to trade it into the second round for two twos and then said, Hey, you know what? We're going to take it, take our two twos. We're going to trade them into the third round for three threes. Uh, we're going to take our three threes and we're going to trade them into the fourth round for four fours, whatever. And you wound up with 25 picks in the seventh round and you had the, and you hit on every one of those picks in today's system. You're really just drafting for other teams in the league, right? Because you can't retain all these players. You can't pay them. Even if you hit, 
even if you hit on on Hall of Fame type players in the seventh round, eventually you're going to lose those players to other teams. There should be a mechanism within the game that if you're that awesome as a drafter, that that you get those players and they don't count against the cap. And then that would prevent teams from doing in baseball what the Florida Marlins did, where they come in, spend a ton on free agency, destroy the destroy the whole financial system, and then sell the team three years later. You know, that happened. That's what Wayne Huizinga did. And you know what? It's not, it wasn't good for baseball then. It's not good for sports now. Reward the personnel development. If you, if you, the Niners have better scouts and they do it better, then Brock Purdy should be free against the cap. And then, then if nobody can then just jump in and buy their way to free in a, to a title, you have to draft, develop those players. I think it's good for the fans. It would be good for the teams. Um, you know, it's good for the branding. You know, if you develop a bunch of guys, you should be able to keep them. As we, talk- to give them away. as we were talking about earlier, the biggest missing ingredient across the NFL is continuity. I think expanded rosters would offer continuity. An increased cap would offer continuity because you're you're not saying goodbye to players because they're cap casualties. You're allowed to keep and retain the players that you discovered. And if you want to say drafted players no longer count against the cap, that's great. If that's the path to more continuity, I'm all for it. How about this? Your quarterback salary does not count against the cap. So when you get that great quarterback and you want to pay them $80 million a year, you can. And you can still put a good team around them. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't left with guys who can't catch colds, much less footballs. Um, I, I think that the now, end- you're totally right because it also right now, the current thing incentivizes teams to have the quarterback on the rookie deal. I mean, if you ask me, were the Niners really committed to Brock Purdy or Trey Lance? No, they were committed to building a roster around a quarterback on a rookie deal. Right. Can we get serviceable out of this position? And then they so luckily stumbled into someone who is more than serviceable. He's more than a system quarterback. It looks like Brock is a franchise quarterback. And Brock is also the dream in that you get a quarterback on a rookie deal that plays like a veteran. So it's not just about, hey, I got Trevor Lawrence and he's got a huge potential. Yeah, because by the time he you know fulfills that potential and learns the game, he's going to be making $20 million a year. It's about finding that rookie quarterback that can step right in and play and succeed right now. That's what Brock's real advantage or what the Niners' real advantage with Brock is that they found a, a young quarterback that's cheap but who plays like a veteran. Look, the greatest deal in the history of Bay Area sports until Brock Purdy kind of showed up and let's see what he does here was when Steph Curry was winning a unanimous MVP and getting an NBA title at $11 million a year. Right. Right. $11 million a year. Right now, Steph is making what? 56 million for, for, for this go around. Um, and uh, it's the world of the cap. Yeah. I mean, and I, I understand the need for a cap and I'm okay with cap sports, but, um, there should be some mechanism that rewards the original competition, which is we're all drafting players and who's, who's the best at it. And if you're the best at it, there should be a reward for you. Um, and the Steelers have been great at it for years. And, and it's not a good thing to like, Hey, I drafted all these good players, but then they all left in free agency. That's not good for the fans. 
You think it's good for the fans to buy? When I walk through the the, the Niner home game on Sunday, guess what I'm going to see a lot of? Trey Lance number five jerseys. Do you think those people who each spent uh, $200 or whatever to buy that jersey wish that they didn't have a Trey Lance jersey now? That's kind of no good. I mean, it's like the reason that the A's didn't sell jerseys at all in the last decade. They've sold jerseys. Right. Because you're only going to, because if I, I'll buy a Bobby Crosby, but guess what? I don't want to buy a, I'll buy a jersey, but I'm not going to buy a jersey. I feel you know? really bad for the authentic James Wiseman jersey purchaser. And you know that there were plenty out there for Warriors fans. Right. Um, I feel bad for the uh, Joey Bart jersey purchaser for the uh, San Francisco Giants fans. Oh, he's gone. He's absolutely yeah. traded. Um, but Farhan gets off his butt and does something besides talk to Tim Kawakami. But uh, yeah, look, what, Better football games mean larger audiences. Larger audiences are the fuel that generates your television revenue. Television revenue is the cocaine that the NFL is addicted to. So to me, there's no amount of spending that keeps teams better with more continuity. Continuity equals better football. So there again, you can't spend enough on a team to keep it together that would then hurt your profit margin because spending more on better football equals more people watching better football, which means instead of your team being worth a billion dollars, the Tennessee Titans, all of a sudden now the Tennessee Titans are worth $4 billion. How the fuck did that happen? You know what I mean? Like, so it, it happens because of TV deals. TV deals are generated by interest. More people will be interested, the better the football is. So continuity on rosters and make those officials get out of the way of some of these games with better officiating and a league that is already the most profitable, most popular league in America would be even more popular and more profitable. I'll say one thing. I, I Clayton Kershaw is a free agent this year. I, I, in my mind, I would like him to stay with the Dodgers. I, 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 I would like to see the right. players stay with their teams. I think it's, I think it's in the best interest of the leagues to have people have an understanding of who's on what team. Now you still want to have freedom and you still want the players to get theirs, but I think it's really best for Patrick Mahomes to stay in Kansas city. I think it's better for the warriors or better for the NBA. If Steph Curry remains a warrior, right? You know what I'm saying? I, Tony Gwynn never became a New York Yankee, right? George Brett was a Royal. His whole career, he wasn't a royal and a red and a ray and a ranger and a giant and a rocky and a you know. Come on, I mean, I'm not against the players making the money, but I do think you ought to incentivize teams to retain their own players. Like, how about this? If you and we somebody just threw this out, but if you draft a guy, you can pay you still you know you pay him whatever you're going to pay him, but it just doesn't count against your cap. So the guy that you draft, you're more likely to want to keep than the guy that you sign. And I think that's good. That's good for the fans. It's good for, it's not a good situation that we can't name a Ram defensive player. You know what right. I mean? It's just not, and it's not good for LA football. I guarantee you. Um, so, and I'll, if, and, and it's not, a you know, so anyway, we've, we've made that point. Anyway, Gabriel Boyce says Chase Young is more Scott Burrell than Scotty Pippen. He needs to take a big discount to stay harsh but it's probably true i was just talking to chase yesterday we were having a nice little conversation about the buckeyes and uh sam womack and i were talking about toledo and of course toledo's in ohio and uh columbus is in ohio but it, they may they may have been different 
different universes, you know, totally uh, compared to their their fan bases and their popularity. Alex Della Torre says, "Love your show, witty and articulate and informative." Oh, thank you, Alex. I know that's just Damon you're talking about. That's not me. Uh, Gammon Brown says, "A real man doesn't go 50. 50- what is this? A real man doesn't go 50-50 on the rent with his girlfriend. A real man lets her pay 100% of the rent while he pursues his rap dream. What does that say? Us? Rap it's dream? A, it's, a, it's the American flag and a microphone. Oh, USA. There you go. All I, look, keep it on pimping, pimp. <laughs> keep your pimp hands strong. Keep, keep pimp on pimping. <laughs> Ah, uh, Gammon. Gammon makes me laugh. We had him on the call-in show the other night, look and I this, said... Look at it this way. How about this, Larry? You know what? <laughs> you know, when I was in radio and afternoon drive, Jillian and I did very much have a 50-50 relationship. She's done very well in her career. Uh, now she is absolutely paying. She, I, 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 got a, I got a woman who's paying for a lot of things in here, and I'm going to tell you, it's nice. It's, it <laughs> might be stress on her, but boy, it's, you know, no, no, it's... Uh, yeah, let's let. let's <laughs> Pay, pay your own weight, fellas. Pay your own freight. But if you if you got a woman who's got a fastball, that's good too. <laughs> uh, now, can she tell you what to do a little bit more now that she's the breadwinner? Can she? Way, you know, way before, way before, can, can she, she wore that? Can she, uh, she was in can charge. She say, hey, 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 uh, hey, Slappy, unload the dishwasher, and Jack's got a poopy diaper. You're on it. You know, I'm actually. <laughs> I, it, You're Mr. Funny. Mom. You're like. Uh, uh, who was it? Who was the actor who played Mr. Mom? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton from Pacific Heights. Mr. Mom. I love that movie. I love that your first go-to Michael Keaton movie is Pacific Heights. Fantastic. Dude, that movie. That movie scarred me, man. It's a creepy, right? Um, scarred me from being a being a landlord. Just the idea that you could run into a Michael Keaton. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. There's only one household chore that I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, and it's laundry. I fucking hate laundry i will do the dishes. really i will do can the i give dishes. you mine yeah dog vomit dog vomit when the okay. dog vomits i mean literally i amy, amy! <laughs> when, amy! The, when the dog vomits it's like i don't even i mean if i could if i could you know calgon take me away you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, if I could, if I could just zap myself, if I could be like Star Trek, you know, they used to, they, you know, hit that button and all of a sudden they were vaporized, gone. If I could eliminate myself when the dog vomits or dog, dog diarrhea, well, any, yeah. any dog, anything like that. And I'm just, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I got to tell you, I'm glad that Josh. Yeah. We got hardwood floors, but still, it's bad. Jack is potty trained, so don't need to worry about that anymore. My man doesn't slip up. We haven't had any overnight accidents. Like, my man is good. My man got potty training down pretty good. I heard good. him the other night, though, a few few months ago when he came. I was talking to you on the phone, and there was serious urgency oh, yeah, there in was, his voice. I got to go right now, Dad. Um, but that's good. You know, know when to put up the flag. You know, know, know when to fly <laughs> the flag, and, and he does. Uh, uh, Ozzy is going through it right now. I, dude, I don't, I honestly, if you would have told me, Damon, how do you feel about the whole world of, you know, diapers and all that? It's not as bad. Like, I'm a NASCAR pit crew, dude. I get that done fast. I'll give you four tires in a full tank in under 
20 seconds. Yeah, no, know? changing diapers never bothered me. But, no, I'm pretty but good. Dog, dog vomit or diarrhea on the floor kills me. Absolutely kills me. And I just I, I just want to sprint in another in the other direction. I mean, I just can't. I, I mean, I just I, I start to like, you know, like reflex kicks in. Yeah. By the way, talk about how smart animals are. We went to my in-laws for Christmas, right? For uh, not Christmas Day, but Christmas, the day after Christmas. They're up in El Dorado. We come into the house and I'm going to walk the dog because it's late at night. I'm not going to make my wife walk the dog late at night. So I'm I'm going to walk the dog, even though I drove all the way back from El Dorado Hills. Um, I don't make the kids do it. But get this, dude. I couldn't believe this. We go into the house. As soon as we come in, the dog's like, you know, of course, she acts like she hadn't seen us in like, you know, a millennium or something. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, like all dogs. Right. Um, they, they Their sense of time is not good. Immediately after she greets us all, she runs to her bowl and starts drinking. And it hit me. This dog is so freaking smart. It's a golden retriever that she knew that we weren't home and that she wasn't going to be able, she couldn't go to the bathroom in the house and she doesn't, we don't have a doggy door. So she's kind of trapped in the house. So she didn't drink her water. So she wouldn't have to go to the bathroom. She, she literally started drinking her water. Like she had, like she was walking through the Sahara and she has been thirsty for hours and she had a full thing of water. He's rationing. She didn't drink her water because she didn't want to have to go to the bathroom in the house. She's rationing. That's, That's a, smart a smart dog. dog. It's a smart dog. Absolutely. Nice job. I, mean, dog. I, I thought that was unbelievable. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, that's, I, you know, that's a smart dog. Golden Retriever. Are we, are we, uh, we done? We're two hours in. We're pretty much done. Well, so look, three games officially stand out. And the Niners-Rams game, because it doesn't really mean much to either, isn't one of them. The three games that stand out start on Saturday, Larry. You got Texans at Colts to decide the AFC South. The winner of that game is the wild card at the very, very least. And the loser of that game goes home. The winner of that game, if the Titans upset the Jaguars, also wins the AFC South and gets a home game. So I think uh, Texans win that game. Huge game uh, between Texans and Colts. In, in the, the Colts are nine and seven, but they're only four and four at home. So I'm I'm gonna take Stroud and the in the Texans to beat Minshew Mania on on the on the road. Uh Eagles are at the Giants. The Cowboys are at the Commanders. If either one of those two teams blink, it's going to be very interesting. If the Eagles and Cowboys both go and win and they finish tied, the Cowboys win the NFC East based on the record versus common opponents, which is the first tiebreaker, which they will go to. And the Cowboys have that. So if both the Cowboys and Eagles win, Cowboys win the East. And we know that the Cowboys have been a, a really tough out at home. I don't think they've lost a home game this year. So that's important for them. The Eagles obviously are just reeling right now. I mean, the city of Philadelphia is, has turned and burnt their team to the ground. And Nick Sirianni went from that's our guy who got us to the Super Bowl last year to fire Nick Sirianni. He runs a college offense in a month. 
I mean, the 49ers did damage when they won that game in Philadelphia, and they're still not recovered. The curse of Dom is real. Have you noticed, by the way, that all these games are interdivision games? Yeah. Every game in Week 18, I think, is interdivision. Yeah, that's that's what I think the NFL crafted. That's what they wanted out they of want Week 18. Um, and finally, the only other thing, Larry, that I think is interesting because it could really affect what the Super Bowl could look like, what's the one thing the Baltimore Ravens didn't have, and you pointed it out over and over again, you weren't impressed with any of their running backs now. I don't know how impressed you are with what is left of – you know, the artist formerly known as Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook did not have a good year in limited snaps uh, with the New York Jets. But Dalvin Cook to Baltimore changes that Ravens equation a little bit. And if he were to put three games together that mattered in the postseason, that that could change the uh, amount of danger that the Ravens really represent to anyone they would be playing. So Dalvin Cook to the Ravens feels pretty big. I think he's done. I think he's done, but I know he's got a big name, big rep. Um, you know what's interesting to me? He's got a lot of big plays. I don't think he's got a single play of more than 15 yards all year. So he's not the Dalvin Cook he used to be. No, no, nothing close, nothing close. But how about this? Baltimore's really good at home. They're 6-2 and two at home. Pittsburgh's a field goal favorite because there's no Lamar. Um, I, I, I like the Ravens in that game, man. I think the Ravens, even with their backup quarterback, it's Huntley, right? He went to the Pro Bowl last year. Um, I'll take I'll take the Ravens without Lamar giving three to the, uh, getting three from the Steelers at home um, at M and T Bank Stadium where they're really really good typically. I like, I like the Ravens to to beat the Steelers in that game. Now I know the Steelers need the game. The Ravens don't need the game. But the Ravens are the Ravens haven't lost in like ten weeks or something. They're not gonna they're gonna win that game at home over the Steelers. I, I don't, I don't, th- even without Lamar, I, I like the Ravens to win that game. Um, I'm, I'm really interested. The game that I'm most interested in is Dolphins Bills uh, in Miami on the night game, because I think doesn't, if Buffalo wins that game, they win the AFC East. Yeah. And that's a big one too. And that's the last thing I was going to bring up, which means Larry, I guess we've reached the end of this one. And, you know, I, I wrote down at the beginning of the year, Hopefully week 18 is just, is not going to matter. And what do you know? It doesn't, it doesn't look, I hope the Niners go out and win, but not nearly as much as I hope no one gets injured. Uh, Maybe Sam Darnold makes it an interesting afternoon of football to really put our eyes on. Maybe, you know, we get that Jordan Mason has been overlooked this whole year. Maybe we get the Ronnie bell really had a decent game as a wide receiver. Let's, let's see what happens. But as long as nobody get hurt, it's it's going to be a great day of football on an otherwise meaningless can't affect the outcome of what is important and what's next. And that's the playoffs for the 49ers. So I'll wrap up with that. And my Trent Ralph say goodnight. <laughs> I'll read one last super and then I'll do a Ralph. Okay. John Edwards says I write in my book. What, what a tale my thoughts will tell how I used to listen to your late night KMBR show. Instead of coming home to my wife, it caused my divorce. Is he blaming you or me? Because we both hosted that show, but not. I don't know. I don't know. Our faults. Yeah, it's both of our faults. It started with me and it finished with you. 
Uh, <laughs> go Niners, go Niners. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to get, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan, okay? I just want to tell everybody my plan. I'm going to go by the ballpark. I'm going to get some garlic fries. I'm going to put them in a paper bag. I'm going to drive Tate home. We're going to watch the game. It's going to be great. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna call Michi's vis-a-vis my cell phone, and then I'm gonna have them deliver me a beautiful Kalamata. Is it Kalamata or Kalamata? I don't really know, but I love the olives. And you know, I really, really do. I told Tate, I told Tom, I you know, I and I always get the lemon pepper wings. Don't get the atomic, the atomic's too spicy. Uh, but I'm going to get those lemon pepper wings. I'm going to have a little Amici's. I'm going to root for the Niners. I feel really good about their chances. Go Niners. Beat the Rams. Hopefully this is our year. I told Tate. I told Tom. They got a great shot. This is our shot. I'm- <laughs>